Hey guys, so today you and I are going to talk about secrets and storage. So let's get into it. So the question in question today is, Frederick, I'm wondering how you would store the secret to basically my encryption algorithm and how to think about storing secrets just in general. I think this is a great question. The actual question was a bit longer than this. I think that the person was using HMAC for storage. That's a different topic and he was storing it in a database. And so yeah, so pretty, that's pretty much it really. So he wanted to figure out how, to, how he could safely store his secrets. So this is a good question. It's a very tricky question as well because security is one of those things where I'm just going to give you this tip. If you ever decide to become a public speaker or some person is going to promote something, never, ever, 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 even if you are the best person in the world at hacking, and pen testing, security, like all of these things, never, ever start working in absolutes and say that you should do this and not that and then just promise people that it's going to be secure because it's never secure. You're never secure, ever. I don't care what security system you have, it's, it is possible to crack it somehow. So what I'm going to give you is the way that I like to do it. It's not perfect, but it is, it's, it has been working fairly well for a few projects that I'm working on. Now, ideally what you want is to have two things when you're working with secrets of this nature. Number one is that you have no traceability whatsoever. The first rule of secrets is that you never store your API keys or anything like that in your version control system. So no files in the project repo or anything like that. If you do that, all I have to do is to get a hold of your commit history or something of this nature in or even if you to remove it, even if you remove it to, uh, today, I can still use your commit history to find that secret. You would be surprised. Uh, there's, there's quite a lot of blog articles actually on this topic where people are committing their their credentials or their, their secrets to their GitHub repositories. And anybody can, can actually grab this information and use the, the, these secrets. So that is a big, 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 big no-no. You can, that, so that like, there is really no way around this. You cannot use version control and have your secrets at the same time. So apart from that, that being the biggest no-no rule, I would highly suggest that you like the the thing that makes a really big difference between uh, what's the what the requirement that is for me is is that it is not traceable such as with a version control system number one. The second thing is that it is easy to change like it's deployable like it's, of course it has to be secure but I hope that is fairly feels fairly obvious but it also has to be interchangeable. I need to be able to redeploy. If something, if I figure out that something's compromised, I need to be able to switch the secret out like that and just have everything continue working. Now, some people use files for this and I will touch on that as well. I personally use environmental variables for this and I will also explain why I like a bit of a motivation as to why I do this. You can absolutely put things in a database such as this person is doing. I will just touch and I will touch on why why that is something that you can do because I do do this. I have done this for certain projects but not in the way that this person is doing it. And 
I also feel like we sh should touch on the files. So you can absolutely have some type of security file where you store your credentials and then you read that file from the file system and then there you, there you go, right? So the motivation, the, the reason why, I, the motivation that I have as to why I'm not doing that is basically that I don't want a, like a record on my computer that is uh, on my local computer that is insecure of some, in some fashion. And having a file on my computer that I upload to an environment or something like that is, well, you can do it, but you are basically copying over the credentials over a network and you are pretty much, I mean, it's not a big deal to do that over a network necessarily if you're using like a secure shell or something like that. But I mean, if you were to use FTP or some open protocol, it's, apps, it's a big no-no to upload your API keys through that manner because then you're basically just sending plain text. So you can use S, uh, secure FTP, of course, but you, I hope you start to get, my, my, get this idea. I don't want there to be a record on my digital local computer of the secret, right? So the other part is that we, the second thing is what this um, subscriber was using, which is to put it in the database. I have done this, but this hasn't been for my for the my own system security. It's rather because I had to build a platform for other people where they could upload their own credentials, their own API keys, if you will. And it's a very similar thing to Google server provider system where we need to store their secrets in some fashion so that we can decrypt their incoming token requests and give them an, a an API token or an OAuth token, if you will, so that they can uh, access the APIs, right? The reason why I don't do it for the system secret is because the database is usually one, it's one of those things that if it gets compromised, I mean, that is really, really, really bad. So, I mean, you're making, hopefully you're making sure that you're encrypting users' passwords and personal data, like, and all of that stuff. And then you can imagine how useful that's gonna be if you somehow, by mistake, dump the database to your local computer or a hacker dumps the database, and then you basically put the key together with the payload, like this, all of the, all of the, it's like taking your key and putting it next to the door it's pretty much the same thing. Because if they get the database and you store your secrets and the secret data at the same point, they have both, which is not great. And then you can, of course, use um, my, uh, it's also, I, I, want, I remember I forgot something. One thing to, if you can do this, this is assuming that you're using Docker and Kubernetes. Kubernetes has support for secret management as well, which is a very great thing. If you can do, do it this way, then this is probably the best way to do it. I do this at work. The reason why I've, I'm touching on environmental variables is because it's the, it's the closest thing to the same sort of deal, but it is not dependent on that you're using Kubernetes. Environmental variables is, uh, is, is my, per, my personal choice, right? So when it comes to environmental variables, the reason why I like them is because you can basically go into any environment at any point and even without necessarily, it depends on the tooling you're using, of course, but you can change the value of an environmental variable at any time. I actually use environmental variables for configurations as well, runtime configurations, if I can, because they are that flexible. 
and then whenever the next request comes into the system, you're actually using the new credentials, which means that you can hotfix things and so forth. You don't have a file on the file system or anything like that, which means that ideally you should have some type of secure storage for your production keys or your production um, values. And that can be either a piece of paper that you have at your in your desk, or it can be something you have created on a storage system, like a separate disk somewhere or something like that. It may be an encrypted disk even. And the biggest thing that you need to worry about there is that if someone compromises your environment, it is very important for you to not run the processes or the, as an example, when you're, if, you're, if you open up to port 22 or something of that nature, where you have SSH access to that environment, it is vital that the default user that you get logged in with is not, or that at least the, the public user, doesn't have access to actually list out the environmental variables in the shell. So you need to restrict that to just be the root user. And then of course you need to make the same, you have to do the same song and dance you have to do on any production environment to secure it up from, for, uh, from remote attacks and privilege escalation and stuff like that. Because ideally what you want is that only the root user has access to actually view these variables. So yeah, that is, that, that's going to be my motivation. So what I want you to take away from this is that security is a very, very hard thing. And I'm not saying that the way that I'm doing it is perfect. I'm not saying that any of the things that I'm saying is just some universal truth. But these are some considerations that you should keep with you. And I personally just think that environmental variables is a very nice way to, to store a secret of some sort when you're actually working with a live environment. But the most important thing is that you never ever keep your production secrets in some type of local text file or something like that when you are working because these are the or in your sub in your version control system because then you basically are opening yourself up to that someone is going to scan your file system or go to your repository and just look through and find all of these credentials and that would be a really really bad thing and lastly for the specific user storing things in a database can be done but i highly recommend you don't because if the database gets compromised then you have lost both the kingdom and the keys to the kingdom at the same time. Have a great day.